Here we go, episode number 52 of the Coffee or Joffrey podcast. My guest today is Corey from Perfect, who is making his third appearance on the show. He's on a hat trick. I grabbed Corey back on the show because we were going into more detail on something that we'd spoken about previously, which was all about uh, around strength training. And um, our original one was episode 31, um, is cardio ruining your gains? And we went into more detail on the importance of strength training, the endless education of why strength training is so important for everybody. Um, so we go into detail, kind of lay out some foundations for uh, perhaps someone who's a beginner who's never even done any strength training before. Uh, we map out what exactly strength training is, uh, the different types of strength training. So if you're kind of new to this, uh, it's worth a listen. Um, I like to think of the strength training as like the magic pill of fitness. You know, everybody's always looking for these quick fixes, um, you know, quick fad diet, weight loss, um, uh, like that type of stuff. And I always find that people who have never done strength training before, if they um, do manage to get into that side of training, then they do see some kind of like immediate uh, benefits, you know, not just from a, a muscle or building lean muscle point of view, but also fat loss, also general health, uh, injury prevention, and just generally feeling better. So um, it was great to go into more detail on this topic with Corey. So have a listen. Uh, let me know what you think. In other news, this podcast is brought to you by Movement Wins. And Movement Wins has just released our new program, which is the Slacker Tracker. You might have seen me posting about this recently. It's been an absolute game changer for me. Uh, being someone who actually really enjoys exercise um, and training, it's been a big part of my life. I still am demotivated at times. I still find it hard to drag myself off the sofa, get myself out of bed in the morning to go and exercise. I know that I'm someone who responds readily to external expectation. I'm an obliger. If you've heard of me talk about that in other podcasts before, um, a, t a typical kind of quote for an obliger is, if I want to, I won't. If I have to, I will. And uh, I think that sums it up nicely. When, when you have other people relying on you um, or someone holding you accountable to something as simple as just exercising regularly, it makes a huge difference. So without going into too much detail, the Slacker Tracker is uh, a weekly leaderboard that we upload and uh, we set you a personalized calorie target. So how many calories we want you to burn through exercise. You wear a heart rate monitor. Obviously, that's the ultimate accountability. If I can't be there with you in person, uh, I at least want you to prove your session. Um, we grab that manually or automatically, sorry, from your, your Fitbit, from your Garmin, from your Polar heart rate monitor. And we upload if you've hit your target over the week. So hence the name, the Slacker Tracker, to make sure that you are not slacking. Uh, if that's something that you're interested in, maybe you're someone who um, just lacks motivation sometimes. You know, you kind of go through this yo-yo exercising effect. Sometimes you're really on it, sometimes you're not. And you're just kind of sick and tired of that. And you know that you should be exercising. I don't need to, well, you can listen to all my other podcasts, but preach about how important exercise is. You really know it. You know the benefits that it's going to have for you physically and mentally. But if you're in a position where you're just struggling to stay consistent, you feel like it's time to take some responsibility, you want to join a like-minded community uh, where you get motivation from other people on the program and also uh, from myself with the personalized target for you. We do have a two-week free trial that you can sign up for. I'll link this in the show notes. If you have any other questions around that, let me know. Uh, but I'll leave it there. Hey, enjoy the show. 
And uh, don't forget to like, subscribe uh, wherever you listen to this podcast. Hey, Corey, welcome back to the show. Hey, Joff. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Corey, this is your hat trick. Your hat trick show, third one. Um, Mate, the ongoing pursuit of convincing people that they should be strength training, male, female, even, you know, younger teenagers, that type of stuff. Um, so I wanted to get you back on because I know that you talk about this a lot in your, you know, your own, uh, you know, social media and, and some of the live and lives that you do. Um, so I wanted to get you back on because we can get into a little bit more detail. Now, Corey has been on the show before, so I'm not going to make him introduce himself. Um, Corey's been on, his first one was episode 31. And that is a prerequisite for this one, because in that one, we, we talked about is cardio ruining your gains. And we spoke about um, very similar topic in terms of, you know, the go to for most people is when they're trying to get in shape is high intensity interval training, steady state cardio, which is great. And it definitely has its place. But where we see people kind of fall off the wagon and where they don't see that they're making changes or the progress that they want, it's usually because they're neglecting strength training. Um, so that's what I wanted this one to be now, where we just go into a little bit more detail and just go to the next level. Uh, so like I said, if you, if you haven't listened to episode 31, go back to listen to that one because you'll find out a little bit more about Corey. Um, I've, I've mentioned this before on my own social media. Corey, your, uh, the stuff that you put out the content, even me as a fitness professional for the last 12, 13 years, I look at your stuff and go, oh, wow, that exercise is amazing. Uh, like always giving me ideas. So again, thanks for coming on. Let's, um, let's jump into it then, mate. Um, in fact, let's just, how's everything going with you, man? We've not spoke for a little while. Yeah, yeah, things are going well. Um, Dubai is opening back up. So yeah, getting, getting back to what we do best. And um, it was quite refreshing uh, coming out of quarantine and getting back into a normal gym. I feel like the, the way I have structured my training during quarantine has given me so much more ideas now I've got all the equipment, the gym environment back again. So all the bodyweight stuff I was doing, the time of detention and the other stuff I was pushing whilst in quarantine, I've applied that to my training and I find it being very beneficial. So yeah, it's been great. Yeah, because that was another episode that we did. That was a second. That was episode number 36, I think it was. Uh, and that was all about home quarantine workouts, weren't we? And we were discussing whether they're effective or not. And that's where you brought in things like slowing reps down, you know, tempo, working with body weight, that type of stuff. So I guess it's still quite applicable to what we're going to talk about today. Um, Corey, where do we start in terms of, let's just set the scene. Uh, perhaps someone listened to our last podcast and they've gone, do you know what? Yeah, I am avoiding strength training. I do need to get into it. They've gone into a gym. Maybe they've got a coach or maybe they've, you know, researched some stuff online. They're doing some, uh, you know, bodyweight exercises. They're squatting, they're hinging, deadlifting, pressing, that type of stuff. What do they need to know now? What, what you guys need to understand is, um, of course, strength training is, is largely hinged on the big compound movements that Joff just mentioned. But strength training is a function of the nervous system, right? So if you're doing those big lifts in a high volume uh, capacity, you find you're not gonna be as much on the strength side of the spectrum. You're gonna be more on the hypertrophy and even maybe the endurance side of the spectrum. So understand that strength training is a function of the nervous system. You wanna keep the reps relatively low. Because, because the reps are relatively low, the weight is high and the overall volume is 
relatively low. So you look at things like three sets of three, five sets of five, four sets of six being kind of more towards the top end if you're kind of trying to get a bit more of a hybrid of your hypertrophy and strength. And you can even go down to like one rep, so like 10 sets of one, for example. So understanding that, you know, um, you, you wouldn't add large amounts of volume to your strength training because it, there's obviously, it's very taxing for the nervous system and your nervous system needs to then recover after. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think we take that for granted sometimes, um, you know, just speaking about rep ranges and when we talk about getting strong, um, for someone who maybe isn't as clued up on uh, what that actually means, I think maybe we should go into a little bit more detail on like the difference between being strong and uh, perhaps seeing someone on the front of a men's health cover magazine, uh, you know, six pack, big muscles, like what is the difference between those two? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the two opposite ends of the spectrum in, in their entirety. So like, like you mentioned, the front of a men's health magazine may be more likely to be a bodybuilder or physique model, right? Then you've got the pinnacle of strength, being that being the pinnacle of aesthetics, right? Um, pinnacle of strength training being like your strong man, your power lifters, a lot less aesthetic, higher potential body fat, generally speaking. But again, very, very, very strong. When you look at strong man, it's not necessarily a desirable physique, but they are very, very strong. Um, of course, um, with, with regards to that overweight that those strong, mans, that them strong men have, it allows you to push more, right? You're going to be able to lift more because you've got more body weight behind it, right? Whereas bodybuilding and physique style and the aesthetic style of training is not hinged on how much you weigh because it's not about how much you lift. It's about eliciting uh, the response of your body, you know, to build muscle, reduce body fat, and be more aesthetic. Yeah, and, and I think that's, you put that really well, and it's really important for people to understand that, obviously, you, you know, you can potentially work towards both of those in something like, you know, CrossFit or the functional training space, you might dip in between those two. Uh, you know, you kind of mentioned it there, the strongman stuff and getting strong is potentially more triggered by someone who wants to you know build their performance as opposed to looking at their aesthetics whereas someone who is going for more of that that hypertrophy route is probably dialing their nutrition a little bit more and they're looking for that so i think it's now that we've got that point across it's easier for people to understand that hey if you want to get stronger you're almost better focusing on one of those things uh obviously you know lower rep schemes heavier weights and just spending a period of time whether it's like six weeks 12 weeks whether it's a couple of years on getting strong knowing that hey you are probably going to put on a little bit of body fat um you know because to have weight you can move more weight um and it might not build directly into like your aesthetic goals but as long as you know that you can always pull back eventually depending on you know i guess it, it comes back down to having a plan but you know getting strong is is fairly different to getting lean yeah absolutely uh, like like you said um you know having that extra weight helps you to push more which then helps the performance because ultimately with those strength sports um it's about how much you can lift right now i'm gonna i'm gonna compare powerlifting and, and, and strongman strongman is about being as big and as strong as you possibly can be there's no weight category when it comes to, to strongman Whereas powerlifting is, is in uh, sub-weight categories. 
Um, and again, the athletes can compete against the strongest people within those weight categories. So there's also some differentiation when we're talking about strength. And you, could, you have overall strength, which would be strongman, and then you have your relative strength, which would be something like powerlifting. Let's say I'm competing at minus 75 kilos uh, weight category. Yeah. Um, let's, so let's pull it back slightly then in terms of let's rather than going, uh, we've kind of gone to the opposite end of the spectrum, then let's pull it back to maybe just more general population in terms of, you know, what are the benefits of getting strong? Like the first one that, uh, you know, I like to talk about um, on kind of like a, a client to, if I'm talking to clients and trying to convince someone about strength, strength training, the first one for me is always based around, uh, you know, more muscle equals higher metabolism. You know, you, you have, you have the ability to eat more food. I know it sounds like so simple, but if you have more muscle, you can eat more because your body will use it as energy. What other things is there? Yeah, that, that is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant point. And I, I preach that to all of my clients, you know, them, that, that meta, that increase in metabolism is largely hinge on how much muscle you have and the muscle just burns more calories it's going to burn more calories than fat right it's more functional um mass as opposed to fat mass and again it's going to take you a lot further and and with that whole metabolic effect like you know you everyone knows that kid who's been lean from like school days and PE, and it takes a lot for them to put on body fat and they've just been like that you find that you know going into your 20s and whatnot they will be eating like junk food all the time. And I'm not, I'm not advocating this lifestyle, just, just to put it out there. But they just stay lean because, again, their body's got so much lean mass on it. It's just a furnace for fat burning. So um, obviously you've got that side of things. And of course, lean mass is naturally just going to be more functional, right? You know, it's going to help you and assist you with structural integrity. It's going to assist you in, you know, obviously lifting more weights if, if performance maybe is your goal. And there's so many other things. And uh, yeah, just the, that ties into obviously, you know, a lot of the people I work with is, is uh, you know, trying to lose body fat, trying to lose some weight, which is great. And, you know, I feel like there's always a lot of hearsay uh, between groups that don't necessarily know the process of what fat loss is and they're just speculating and things that they've heard, things they've read online, that type of stuff. And uh, listen, metabolism is a big part of it and someone can have a slow metabolism, which will affect, you know, weight in terms of weight gain, weight loss, that type of stuff. But it's generally not the first factor, like lifestyle factors will become uh, before we start looking at things about their metabolism. But exactly like we said, that fat loss pro, if someone's looking to lose weight and uh, you know, maintain that, which is everybody, right? Everybody who is going on a weight loss journey doesn't want to put the weight back on unless they're in some sort of uh, performance-based sport. That slow process of losing weight, losing body fat at the same time as building muscle, which is why the weight loss is slightly um, delayed oh. versus someone who just goes, very, very low calorie diet, like a, I don't know, a shake diet or something like that. They can lose a hell of a lot of weight. But what they need to remind themselves is that if you're losing a lot of weight over two or three weeks, you're losing muscle. And that's going to turn around and, uh, and bite you in the butt uh, when, you, when you don't want it to. Like you will get these instant results, these instant weight loss results, but eventually it's going to catch up on you. Um, so it's almost trying to put people off that, that quick weight loss mindset and just going, hey, are you committed to this over the next however long it is? 
if you are, this is the time frame that we've got. This is what we're going to do. We're going to gradually decrease your calories because we want to make sure that you've got the energy to do your strength training, to build your muscle, because that's going to build into a, an all-round healthier you, right? Yeah, I get DMs about all the time. I get people DMing me like, oh, why are you not doing X with so-and-so or, or stuff of that nature, right? In the sense that, okay, they should maybe do be doing a bit more cardio, get a lot of interest in, oh, why I don't see you doing much cardio. Like literally exactly what you said, right? When your metabolism becomes more efficient, that means, okay, let's say I travel or I have a period away from training, I'm not just going to pack the pounds back on. Do you understand? Whereas when you're kind of, like you said, a shake diet or just a massive caloric deficit, you're burning everything. And then what happens as that muscle mass depletes, your, mus your, metab your metabolic speed depletes. And then what you find is unless you keep up that workout routine, that workout intensity, that caloric deficit, you're going to put in the weight rapidly. That's when you get instances where people don't train for six weeks and then put on all that weight plus an extra two kilos because they haven't gone about it in the entangled way. You've got to take the long route. It's, it's the long game. It's not about, you can't, you can't put on weight over 10 years and expect to lose it over six weeks and expect that to be sustainable. It's just not. Yeah, and this is something when we did, a, we did a live on your Instagram not long ago, and this is one of the things we talked about. And we actually talked about metabolic damage uh, you can damage your metabolism now before you're like if you're listening to this and you're like that's me i've definitely damaged it i've got a slow metabolism yeah it might be you but before you start going to that you need to really spend some time looking at your lifestyle factors uh, you need to put things in place you need to make sure that you're doing things consistently exercise hydration sleep nutrition if you're doing that and you're working with someone and you know after six weeks eight weeks you're not seeing any changes perhaps you're even putting on weight there might be some metabolism, metabolic damage there, and that can be down to years and years of yo-yo dieting, crash dieting, lower calories. It's just playing all sorts of problems with your hormones, that type of stuff. Um, but other things that can, can affect your metabolism, and I know we're going off on a bit of a tangent here because this is all about strength, but we'll get back to it, I promise. Uh, uh, I've read this numerous places, but don't quote me on the numbers, but your metabolism will lower with age. So metabolism, metabolism is essentially, it's your BMR, which is the calories that you're burning just through your daily life, not necessarily through exercise or your non-exercise activity or through your thermogenesis effect of food. But, you know, just your daily living, your internal organs, you know, digestion, that type of stuff. Uh, that can decrease from the age of 25 to the age of 45, can decrease by around 200 calories. Uh, like I said, don't quote me on that, but you could be someone who... When you're 25, your, your body is just naturally burning 1,800 calories a day, plus the 400 you do for exercise, plus the six or 700 you do from walking around, being at work. All of a sudden, there's 200 calories there that are decreased that you're not taking into consideration because you're eating the same food, you're following the same lifestyle. That's where like weight loss can, uh, weight gain can come from, and people don't even realize that. So there does need to be this thing where they consider that. But guess what? You can increase it by doing things like strength training. That's where I was going to. I brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And another, another point about strength training, I find it's a very viable metric. When you're doing a bunch of cardio, it's like you can kind of get lost in that. Okay, I run for 30 minutes every day. Or I'm doing a hit workout for 30 minutes, right? 
it's not as trackable. If I'm doing a hit workout, I'm not going to be counting every reps for the burpees. If I'm in a group environment, I'm just kind of going. So how do I know if I'm even getting that progressive overload? With strength training, okay, I can deadlift 100 kilos for five by five. And then after six weeks, maybe I'm doing it with 115 kilos. It's more of a viable metric. It's a lot more easily trackable. And you can say, okay, as my body can grind against more resistance, I'm, I know I'm building more muscle. Um, you know, because like I said, it's, a, it's, a, it's a primarily a function of the nervous system, but the nervous system obviously works for the muscles. I don't think if you're training just for strength, you're not still going to build muscle. So I feel like with that, even, you know, slightly performance-based goal, it's just a lot more easily trackable, especially for the general population. Yeah, definitely. There's um, another one as well, which once, I don't tend to mention this one too much until I've been working with someone for, a, for you know, for a little while and I can tell they've got that kind of buy into the process. And it's uh, just about strength training in terms of like hormonally and the endocrine system, that type of stuff. Um, you know, through working those large muscle groups, you know, glutes, quadriceps, hamstrings, you know, lower back, uh, pectoralis, anterior delts, those types of muscles, you do get that release of growth hormone, testosterone into the muscle. And before like the, the ladies listen, just go, ah, oh, you know, I don't want more testosterone. I don't want to be big and bulky. Hey, yeah. that, that is what the process that is needed to build, you know, good, solid, lean muscle. And that comes from doing the big compounds lift. And that's one of the things that you mentioned earlier. Um, it doesn't come from doing uh, bicep curls. It doesn't come from doing, uh, you know, just with resistance bands, um, doing like, you know, glute bridges and things like that. That comes from lifting heavy weights. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those stuff are accessories. That's the fluff work around your big lifts. So let's talk about big lifts. Lower body, you've got a hinge, which would be like a deadlift or some type of pull variation. Squatting, um, so any type of whether front squat, back squat, overhead, whatever pattern, and push and pull for upper body. So it could be uh, pull up, roll, uh, bench press, overhead press. Once you've kind of got those movements down, and you've got other types of pressing like you know dips, and you, you've got all, all the, I'm just talking about the general, um, the big, the big lifts. What you find is those are the ones that are going to, again, spike the metabolism the most because they engage the biggest muscle groups, which in essence help you burn the most calories because, you know, you're working, you're working not only uh, multiple planes in some senses, you know, with some of these movements, you know, they're multi-joint and you're working the big primary muscles um, with each other, which in essence, again, is going to elicit that metabolic spike. A lot, uh, a lot more than, let's say, for tricep kickbacks. Yeah, and like I've got a really good practical example of this, and this is I've not made this up. Back when I was, um, I was the head coach of a CrossFit gym in Motor City, and there was a, a group of ladies that used to train in the morning, the eight thirty class, and they, you know, they would lift, you know, they'd come in and do the classes. They weren't afraid to come in and do cleans and squats and that type of stuff. And uh, I remember one of our coaches came in, and we had a discussion around hey, you know, let's take this group through, a, a, you know, just a basic strength cycle. Um, let's change the emphasis up. We're going to go six weeks. Or I think we went eight weeks, actually. We just did Wendler. For anybody that knows what that is, it's, a, it's just a very basic strength cycle. Wendler 531, you can look that one up. Um, so once you know, like, your one rep maxes, you're just taking percentages of that. So we took them through this. And, you know, like, they're used to coming in in the mornings and, doing a little bit of strength and then met cons and sweating and, you know, lying on the floor and completely exhausted. We just went through this cycle of strength training and they were getting to the end of the class and it got to the point where they were, you know, they were a bit 
they were complaining almost because they, you know, they come to get a good sweat on and yeah, they were working hard and, you know, failing on reps in their strength cycle, but they weren't getting that stimulus of like being completely exhausted. And uh, we went through this process and it was like, just stick with it, just stick with it. Um, And like, you know, these are people that had, you know, they've been logging their food, they've been training for a long time, but never really seen the results they wanted. And then I remember just seeing one of the ladies after eight weeks and you could see a six pack just 